Word of the Lord. Good to have my brother visiting all the way from Norman, Oklahoma. And uh, what was your name again, brother? I'm sorry. Brother Marino, that's right. And uh, he was uh, uh, still attends a church where we were evangelizing. We preached there as evangelists some years ago, I think about three or four years ago. No, six years ago, because I've been here for four years. I can't believe how time flies. So it's been six years ago, and uh, he sent an email, said he was in the area, he wanted to come by and see us. And uh, I didn't even know what happened there, but uh, during that revival, uh, apparently his sister, or was it your mother, or sister, or both of them, sister and mother were there visiting. And uh, he said, um, the Lord used us in preaching the word, and then my wife went and prayed for his sister. And neither one of them were apostolics, but now both of them are apostolics. And... Uh, it's exciting what uh, God's doing, amen, and uh, it was good to hear the, the good report. The Bible says it makes the bones fat. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the Word of God, and I hope you're uh, in your Bible reading this year, or at least trying to, endeavoring to stay on task with uh, reading through the Word of God. And if you don't read it through this year, at least take time to read the Word of God, and, and don't get discouraged and give up and just totally quit because you're not making it through. Just get back into it. And just anything you can do to, to keep the Word of God in your heart is important and, and significant. We've talked a lot about that. But uh, during this month, we have uh, made a special emphasis, um, uh, the month of January, actually, about prayer and fasting. And many of you have uh, spent a lot of time, invested time in prayer and taken time to push back the plate and fast. Some of you I know are already are, are still fasting in some manner or another. Uh, and some, uh, a couple I've heard of that are on the 40-day fast, uh, that um, not a complete fast, but some sort of a fast for over 40 days. And we believe that God's going to answer prayer. Amen. And we believe that there's power in the house as the result of that. We can bring anybody that has any kind of need into this place. We believe that we have significant resources through prayer to see them changed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, last week we believe that the Lord stepped in and... Uh, and touched us in the arena of our faith to cause us to believe that we can ask God for big things. Sister? I just wanted to give a testimony tonight. Um, Sunday we had prayer for um, Chris Waterbury. I met these folks when I was working at over 20 years ago. Their oldest boy, now 21 or 22 years old at the time. She called me on Saturday that her husband was in the hospital um, for like relapse with pneumonia, and it, no, they were, it recognized them, and he was in intensive care. She called uh, on Saturday night and asked for prayer. So I told her, well, we'll have prayer. So Sunday afternoon, she called, she told me, no, Becky, she, uh, oh, I, I called her, she goes, well, we're on our way right now. Monday, she called, they had moved him out of intensive care and into a, a separate room, a regular room. He recognized she called me right now on the way to work, on the way to church here. Um, she said, Becky, they released him to come home today. So I just want to thank you. And she said, just thankful for all the prayers that God is answering. And so I just keep them in prayer because, you know, God is moving in a mighty way. And I know that they're hungry for God. just wanted to give praise tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And Sister Becky, I believe there's some people you've been praying for for years. People that you've been praying for for years, may be family, may not be family, that God has heard every one of your prayers, and it's about time for you to see the fruit of those prayers. Amen? How many believe that? 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Something about just walking close to the Lord. My wife was telling me this today. She says, you know, with this time of extended uh, focused prayer and fasting, she says, it's unbelievable how sensitive to God that I am. So much more so than usual. Like God can speak to me. God can direct me. I'm sensitive to his voice. And that's awesome. And that's an awesome product of prayer. And that's the way God desires for us to be. Amen. Last week we read from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13, about the power of asking, seeking, and knocking. That if you ask, you receive. If you seek, you'll find. And if you knock, that the door will be open to you. And then it goes directly into the story about the man who came uh, to his friend's house and knocked on the door said, Can I get some bread? I have a friend that's come in the night. I don't have uh, sufficient uh, to take care of him. Can I borrow some? And the friend says, no, leave me alone. My kids are in bed with me here. We've already got them to sleep. Maybe they had a two-year-old like I do. And he's like, we're not going to wake this, this chap up. Uh, and, uh, but he says, even though he's his friend, even though he's in need, he won't get up and help him. But if he keeps on knocking enough, the importunity is going to cause him to get up out of bed and meet the need. So the importunity has more power than the relationship, the fact that they were friends. And the deal, the point here is, the, 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 the deal is God says he will answer prayers. He will open doors. He will help you find what you're looking for. But you've got to have a persistence to you. You've got to have a drive to you to keep on asking and keep on knocking and keep on believing. And I'm encouraging you, saints of Life Church, things that you've been praying for, keep praying every day, pray in faith. And believe that God is going to answer your prayer. Amen? Praise the Lord. Keep knocking. And the answer is coming because prayer is what keeps the power flowing. And if you think you can handle it on your own, go for it. God says, okay, go ahead and try to handle it on your own. But if you understand the power that is infused when you pray, the difference that's made. When you, can you imagine me trying to pastor a church without prayer? Can you imagine us trying to build a building without prayer? Can you imagine us trying to minister to sinners without prayer? Can you imagine us trying to reach children without prayer? Can you imagine us trying to see people delivered from addictions without the power of prayer? But you put the power of prayer behind it and anything is possible. Amen? There is power. Power in prayer. And God is inviting us as Life Church to pray. And miracles are going to begin to happen as we pray. And we've already seen in our church family some miracles just this month that God's begun to answer as we've prayed specifically for specific things. And you will not believe the changes that will occur in your life through the power of prayer. So God's inviting us to a lifestyle. Everybody see lifestyle. A lifestyle of prayer. Not a, not a binge of prayer. And I'm thankful for the binge that we've had during the month of January. But God is calling us to a lifestyle of prayer. The only way that this can happen is if we discipline ourselves to achieve it. And a lot of times we get motivated and excited and something happens and it gets us stirred up. And uh, that will cause us to go on a prayer binge. But in order to make prayer a lifestyle, you've got to discipline yourself to do it on a regular basis. What I'm saying is you have to decide in advance that practicing to meet your goal is non-negotiable. Uh, if, if we talked about this before, but if your goal is to become a marathon runner, you can't say, well, if I feel like it, and when I feel like it, when I get the urge, I'm going to practice my running. 
How many know you're not going to make the Olympics like that? I don't care how talented you are. You're not going to make the Olympics like that. You're not going to make the team. You're not going to finish the race. It's only those people who decide in advance that I'm going to run tomorrow. If it's raining or if it's not raining, if I feel good, if I don't feel good, if I can't get to sleep in the next 30 minutes or if I can, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to train. And they train regularly and they make it a part of their lifestyle. And I thank God that I'm not asking us to get out in the rain and run and stretch our muscles, but I'm asking you to stretch your faith. And God is asking us to make a pattern and a discipline of prayer in our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. You, you don't wait to jog until you feel like running. If you're going to have this discipline in your life, you do it on a regular basis. It's non-negotiable. And if you are serious about learning how to pray, you have to make a decision. And that is that I will learn what disciplines are necessary to my prayer life, and I will practice these disciplines regularly without fail. I'm going after it. I'm determined. I'm going after it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the, the idea is that maintaining good prayer habits is something that becomes non-negotiable in a growing Christian's life. Now, the deal is uh, discipline in itself will not create a close relationship with you and God. You could force yourself out of bed every morning and get down, you know, and, and make noise and uh, go through the pattern or the act of prayer. And that's not going to guarantee a close relationship with God. But on the flip side, you will never develop a rich, rewarding prayer life if you don't do it without discipline. So discipline itself does not guarantee you a relationship with God. On the flip side, you'll never have the rich relationship with God that he plans for you without discipline. Everybody understand the difference here? On the one hand is whenever I get motivated, whenever I feel like it, whenever I'm excited. On the other hand is discipline. All right? Anybody ever been on a diet before? Does a diet work when you decide to stick with it whenever you feel like it? You know why? Because you never feel like it. Chocolate cake always be sounding good now. But, but uh, uh, with discipline, with discipline... Making up your mind ahead of time because, see, the flesh doesn't like to pray. A lot of times the flesh resists prayer. Sometimes it's a little less powerful than others. After you've been fasting and praying, your flesh is a little weaker. And you can just kind of slap it around. Shut up. you got control. But, you know, if, if you haven't been praying, you haven't been fasting, your flesh is not praying. But making up in your mind and creating a discipline of prayer is uh, uh, what will enable you to have a rich relationship with God. Because this is what it's all about, right? What's the first law? What's the most important law? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. Everything you got, you got to put it into loving God. That's about having a relationship with God. It's not about sitting at home and saying, oh, I love him so much. I just think about him occasionally. No, it's about having a relationship of love with the Lord. And this is the first law, and uh, this relationship is the most important relationship in our lives. So I want to get to the how-to now, the specifics of the how-to in prayer. And, of course, Jesus Christ is the expert on prayer. Amen. He showed us. He was our pattern. He showed us how to prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5, I want to read this again, Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13, if you have your Bibles. I'm going to read from the New International Version, but it's not that much different than the New Living or the King James Version. But verse 5, it says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, 
For they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you pray, everybody say, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, everybody say, when you pray. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Praise the Lord. A few quick points that I want to um, pull from the prayer that Jesus showed and, and directed his disciples. And then we'll get into a pattern of prayer that you can use on a regular basis every day. And I challenge you to start practicing it tomorrow. But first of all, Matthew 6, 5 starts out, and when you pray. Verse 7, and when you pray. Verse 6, when you pray. This is how you should pray. The point here is, I believe he's trying to communicate that it is his will for us to pray regularly. Pray regularly. It is the will of God, not if you pray, but when you pray. Whenever it is that you pray, when you pray, this is how you are to do it. And if you want to develop in any area of your life, you've got to practice it regularly. I like to golf. I I golfed uh, with uh, Brother uh, Ben recently, and he knows that I'm not a great golfer, but I like to do it, and I have fun. But uh, one thing I realized, I've heard this before, and it's the truth. You will never become a better golfer until you practice regularly. If you just do it sporadically, if you do it once a month, once every couple months, you're never going to improve. And you would think, well, I've been playing golf now for 14 years. You'd think I'd be a master by now. But I never really get much better because I don't do it regularly. Anything you want to improve at, you've got to do it regularly. And we're glad to have Sister Christina with us who does a fantastic job playing the keyboards. And I'm sure she can attest to the fact that uh, you don't improve on the keyboards just by playing once every few weeks. The only way you improve is by practicing regularly. I like to get on the piano and mess around, but I'm still at the same level of competence on the piano that I was about six, seven years ago. I haven't improved any. Not because I haven't played any in the meantime. It's because I haven't played regularly. And if you want to improve in any area, if you want to develop And uh, in any area, you have to practice that regularly. And without regularity, prayer will never become a habit. Amen. We'll never become good at it. We'll never really step into the potential that we have in prayer because we bend or we do it when we feel like it. Oh, I just kind of feel like praying now. Wouldn't that be good? I'm going to go pray for a little while. And and it's great. You you just kind of stay at the same level that you did work. Last time you prayed three or four or five days ago or last week, and you're just kind of right there. You're not growing in God. You're not developing. You're not becoming what God wants you to be. You're stagnant. That's a problem with a lot of Christians is they know Jesus Christ. They know his word. 
They come to church, but they're stagnant spiritually. You know why it is? It's because of prayerlessness or erratic praying. They're just like the golfer that never gets better or just like the piano player that never improves because they just do it when they feel like it. Prayer is the key to spiritual growth, brothers and sisters. Prayer is the key to spiritual growth, and it doesn't work when you just do it when you feel like it. It works when you determine to do it regularly. Somebody say amen. You will grow spiritually as you begin to practice prayer as a habit. Jesus said, when you pray. Guys, watch me. Jesus said, I pray on a regular basis. And when you pray, this is how you do it. It's not if. It's not if I feel like it, but it's when you pray. The first principle from the Lord's Prayer is do it regular. Do it regular. Do it consistently. Do it regular. Do it consistently. Keep it fresh, but do it regularly, and you'll begin to see yourself grow spiritually. You'll begin to see yourself overcome certain things that you've been struggling with for years. You'll begin to feel closer to God. You'll begin to hear His voice. You'll begin to watch Him use you to minister to other people. Amen. Anybody uh, maybe a little bit frustrated with where you've been? I'm telling you, the key right now is to get regularity in your prayer. And when you pray on a consistent basis, then you'll find victory in your life. Amen. You'll find anointing in your life. You'll shake off the frustration of, of a stagnant relationship with God. And you'll find yourself growing closer to the Lord when you pray. When you pray. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's the first thing I find from the Lord's Prayer. The second thing he says, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They receive their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. The next point, Jesus says, is pray privately. Some people only pray when people will look at them. Some people only pray in church. Some people only pray for effect or to impress other people. Jesus said, that doesn't work. Jesus said, that won't cut it. Amen. Right? And, and he was talking about the Pharisees who stand on the street corners with their prayer books. And they repeat these prayers over and over again. And their main thing is, is they want to be pious. They want everybody to look up to them and be impressed with their religious, religiosity. Jesus said they've already got their reward. If, so, if you're praying to impress somebody, they might be impressed. But your prayers aren't going to be answered. Praise the Lord, because the reward of prayer is answered prayer. But if I just pray for show, then I've already got my reward because somebody might be impressed. But if you learn to pray privately, I'm going to tell you right now, you can get a hold of God in 30 seconds when you get by yourself. Because you know and God knows that you're only doing it for the right reasons. If it's in your prayer closet, if you come to church by yourself when nobody's here, find a place to pray and get a hold of God. And you'll find God making transformation and changes in your life rather than doing it publicly where everybody can see you. Amen. There is a purpose and there is a cause for corporate prayer, and there's power in corporate prayer. We agree together when two or three are gathered in his name, he's right in the midst, and there's power in corporate prayer. But Jesus is calling us to private prayer, your own prayer time. And I remember as a teenager, uh, about 17 years of age, I had my license and I drove over to our church. It was the old Old church building downtown Jackson, Tennessee, kind of a scary part of town, lots of crime. But I went there all by myself, and I went to the prayer room. And I just remember this night, all by myself, nobody was around, and uh, got a hold of God and felt his presence so real like he was right there in the room with me. And uh, I walked out of that church, 
all by myself and uh, went out there in the dark in this part of town where people are always breaking into cars and doing all kinds of stuff, and I felt no fear. I was just wanting somebody to come my way. I was going to throw down on them with a little bit of Jesus juice, amen, because I felt the anointing and the power. And uh, see, you know, it it happens through private prayer. And we we get some uh, great inspiration, excitement when God blesses us in a corporate setting and our weekend service. But I'm going to tell you, if you learn how to get along with God and get a hold of God, you're going to be empowered because it's real. And God answers your prayer. Nobody sees you. You're not getting any, any reward for people thinking you're pious. And God says, now I can work on your behalf. Now I can make a change in your situation. Praise God. So pray privately. Don't do it for show. The next point, verse 7, says, When you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. The, the, the Bible is speaking here of vain repetitions, saying something over and over and over and over and over again, assuming that by the frequency of your saying words that it gets God's attention. The point of this passage of Scripture, I believe, is when you are praying, pray what you are thinking and what your heart is declaring rather than going on autopilot and just saying lots of words. So the point here is uh, um, to pray sincerely. First of all, pray regularly. Secondly, pray privately. Third, pray sincerely. Let it be real. Let it be from your heart. It's very important when you pray not to uh, just uh, try to sound um, all churchified in King James Version. But to pray sincerely from your heart. Pray as if you were talking to your friend, as if you were talking to somebody that you have a relationship with, like your father or or your mother or somebody that you love, somebody that you're close to. This is the way you talk to God. Amen? It's from your heart. You're not putting on a show. It's not Antony's orations. It's none of that. It's, it's, It's your heart communicating with the Lord. Praise God. And God will hear and answer your prayer. Get serious. Be sincere. With God, when you pray, don't just babble. Don't just say words. Anybody ever done that? You're praying and you're like, all of a sudden you realize, I have no idea what I'm saying. You know, it, it happens, you know. Especially some people that aren't a morning person, they're trying to pray in the morning. And I, I remember in the morning praying and I was asking God. I was just talking to him. And the next thing I know, I heard the word milk and cereal come out of my mouth. And I don't know what I was talking about. Is that my mind had drifted and wandered off. And I thought, well, I've got 30 minutes to feel here. Let's just babble for a while. The Bible says, huh, look, get, get your mind focused on God. Think about what you're saying. Amen. Now, sometimes the Holy Spirit will come in. The Bible says that uh, you can pray in the Spirit and with understanding. There's two ways to pray. You can pray through the Holy Ghost or you can pray while your mind is engaged and you know what you're saying. Right? But it's, if your mind is not engaged... Or, or, or let me say it this way, if you don't know and you're not thinking about what you're saying, you need to be in the spirit rather than in a, a state of half consciousness. Uh, so pray in the spirit and pray with understanding. And when you pray with understanding, pray sincerely. And then he gives the Lord's Prayer starting in verse 9, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This point is pray specifically. Pray specifically. 
Know what you're going to talk about. Know what you're going to bring to God. Think about it. Engage your mind and pray specifically. If you start praying for the same thing over and over again with faith and with conviction, you'll start to see God answer prayers. And here's the cool thing. You know what the greatest motivating factor to prayer is? Not not pastor preaching on it. The greatest motivating factor for prayer is seeing prayers get answered. And then it's like, that was well-invested time right there. That time that I invested praying for my daughter, that was well-invested. I'm going to add a little bit more to the investment. See, if you're investing money in a, in a, uh, a company and you start getting 25 and 30% return, guess what you're going to do? I've got to find some more money to throw into that company because I'm getting some returns on that investment. And prayers that get answered motivate you to continue praying. So that's why I'm encouraging you to pray specifically. So you're not just spending 30 minutes, but you're investing and believing that God's going to answer prayer. I'm telling you, Life Church, that God is going to answer some specific prayers that people are praying this year. Every day, every day, I am praying personally. I'm praying personally that the Lord will help us to build that building more quickly than anybody would expect us to, for less money than anybody would expect us to. I'm asking God to give us favor with our neighbors, favor with the, 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 uh, the county, the Los Angeles County, and uh, be able to pull the permits more quickly than anybody estimates that we're going to be able to. I'm praying specifically for that, and you watch and see if God won't do it. Amen? Pray specifically, and then you see God answer prayer, and it's like a... It's like a rush of adrenaline for prayer. And uh, so praying specifically is important. Another thing is getting away from distractions and finding, uh, get, get a regular prayer time established. And uh, you must find yourself a quiet place where there's not much distractions because distractions can keep you from really getting everything that you could out of prayer. Don't fall into the habit of using meaningless repetition. Mean what you say and pray from your heart. Talk to God. Open up to Him. Reveal your frustrations. Bring your requests to Him. Ask Him questions. Talk, talk to Him and be honest. Don't be afraid to be honest with God. Amen? Look in the Old Testament. Look, I mean, they didn't even pray it. They, they, act, they, they prayed it and then they wrote it down. God, I don't understand why the enemies are coming against me. Why am I going through this? But see, that uh, David was a man after God's own heart. And he was open with God. God, I don't understand why I'm going through this. I don't understand why I'm having to face this. But you're still God. But I'm just kind of asking some questions here. May not get an answer, but God, I'm being honest with you. I'd like to know what's going on here. Open with God. Instead of just being pious and saying all the things you think you ought to say, it's your, it's your heavenly Father and you can talk to Him. Amen? Praise God. He's a loving Father. He's not going to slap you. Amen? Your Heavenly Father loves to give good gifts to His children. Pray from your heart. Talk to Him in a way that you would talk to a friend. And then another important thing is to reflect on your time that you spend in God's presence. If we approach prayer thoughtlessly, you can't expect powerful results. But if you think about and reflect on your time with God, then you will grow spiritually. There's important time in prayer. Sometimes you need to shut your mouth. In prayer, amen? Amen, 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 amen. Ever been around somebody before and, and they try to keep tension 
out of the situation or keep from dealing with something that needs to be dealing, dealt with just by small talk, small talk, small talk, small talk. And there's like, you know, the old saint, the, the, the elephant in the room. Hey, there's something we need to deal with here. We've got a problem in our relationship. We've got an issue here. But let's just talk, 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 and never stop and say, okay, let's deal with this situation. That's the same way it is in prayer. In order for God to deal with you, in order for you to grow and become what God wants you to be, you've got to stop and reflect for a few minutes. Amen? When you start getting honest with God, he'll get honest back with you. <laughs> and he'll start letting you know why you're frustrated and why he can't bless you and why he can't give the things to you that he desires to give to you and what things in your life you need to adjust. This only happens when you reflect on your time with God. If you don't grow spiritually, it's because you don't make a habit of evaluating your life. Amen? And you find yourself committing the same stupid sins over and over and over again, and you're carrying a load of guilt, and you're not growing, you're not progressing, because you don't stop and reflect on your time with God. Stop and for a minute honestly assess your soul's condition. Am I closer to God than I was a year ago? Am I further away from God? Am I allowing things in my life that are um, destroying my relationship with God, that are pulling me away from God? See, this is what you're supposed to do in your prayer time. Some of you are waiting for a, a, a mighty prophet to come and prophesy over you what problems you have in your life and how you're going to become what God wants you to be. There is a mighty prophet. It's God himself. He'll let you know if you'll listen and assess and, and evaluate your life in this time of prayer. You'll say, okay, here's some things you need to work on. Amen. This works. I'm telling you, I, this is tried and true. I mean, this is in practice in my own life. God will deal with you. And let you know what things in your life are keeping you from moving forward, keeping you from growing closer to the Lord. But that's when you take time in prayer to sit and think about, what did I do this week? What did I allow in my life this week? God, are you dealing with me about any area of my life? Then you can begin uh, to grow spiritually. Some people practice keeping a prayer journal where they actually write out their prayers and read it back to God to keep their focus. This is an Something I've never done before, but there are many people that say this helps them a lot. And, uh, and it helps them to concentrate, and it forces them to focus their attention. And then they're able to look back over the journal and look at the miracles and the answers to prayer. This is really a cool thing in your personal life or in your prayer group or a small group is to watch God begin to answer prayers. And those of you who were in our small group last year, we saw God answer prayers like one after the other, just checking them right off the list. And it's awesome that God answers prayer. And above all, we've got to pray. We can talk about it. We can read about it. We can teach about it. We can write about it. But more importantly, we've got to pray. We've got to do it. Now, I'm going to go over real quickly the pattern for prayer. And this is to help you have a healthy exercise regimen. This is so you don't get out of balance. Everybody, if you've got a pen and paper, I want you to take this down. If you don't have a pen and paper, I want you to think carefully and listen carefully. I know this isn't all that exciting. This is maybe a little cut and dry, but I'm telling you, this works. This right here, this pattern works. And uh, some of us like get all excited about prayer, but when you start talking about a pattern for prayer, you're like, no, just let me come in and bounce off the walls when I feel like it. That's like, uh, well, I'm going to join up to a gym. I'm going to join 24-Hour Fitness or LA Fitness. And you walk through the door and they say, okay, here's your training program. You're like, I don't want a training program. I just want to come and jump up and down on the trampoline and run in place on this whenever I feel like it. Maybe come in and lift some weights and pull some muscles and so forth and, and then go jump in the pool. That's all I care about is just doing whatever I you, You'll never 
become uh, anything, you know, as far as the without a regimen. And so this is a prayer pattern, a prayer pattern that you can go through that will help you. And uh, with with uh, in order to develop prayer fitness, it's like developing physical fitness. You've got to have a personal trainer and a specific pattern or strategy or you'll get imbalanced, and that's what this is. I told, I just mentioned briefly, but we're going to talk about it a little more specifically in the next 10, 15 minutes here. And that is, this is the pattern for prayer. Acts. A-C-T-S. Acts. The book of Acts. The Acts of the Apostles. A-C-T-S. I didn't say A-X. A-C-T-S. This is a, an acronym for a pattern for prayer. Now, I'm not saying you have to follow this one. But I'm telling you, if you don't know what to do when you pray, this is a good way to start. This is a good thing to practice. Say, I, I want to pray tomorrow. I'm going to start praying every day, 20 minutes. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to pray. And I want my prayer to be valuable. I want to invest my time, and I want to start seeing God answer my prayers. So the first letter, A, is starting with adoration. Ad, adoration. Adoring. Adoration. This is the first step to prayer. You know, Jesus said, Our Father which art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. Adoration is what sets the tone for the entire prayer. And what this time is, is when you slow down, whatever. See, because uh, in our day and age, in, in 2008, we've got people that they're, they're running at a higher RPM than they were designed to run. That's why we've got uh, sickness and stress and nervous breakdowns because people like you. Know, like you you're in third gear and you're supposed to be shifting to fourth, and it's like, mm, that's the way we are physically and emotionally sometimes. And so prayer is important because it causes us to downshift, to slow down and begin to think about and talk about God and put our attention on Him. When you take time to adore God, it reminds you of God's identity. It reminds you of the way that God acts. It reminds you that He knows all things, that He has all power, that He's present everywhere. And I've been practicing this in my prayer. When I start praying, I start talking about, first of all, God, you're omnipotent. And that's a $1,000 word, but it just means that God has all the power. Nobody else has any unless He gives them the power. He controls all the power. So if you start out your prayer just by saying, God, you are so awesome because you have all the power in heaven and in earth. God, you have more power than anybody. You have all the power. You control what happens in nations. You control what happens in schools. You control everything by what you do and by what you allow. You are all powerful. You just start out by adoring God that way. And then the fact that he's omniscient, which means he knows everything. God, I think it's totally awesome that you know everything. I've never done anything and, and got one by on you. But on the flip side, I'm not going to face anything that you don't know what I'm going through. And you can't see the end from the beginning. And then you can talk about God's omnipresence. God, wherever I go, I don't have to fear anything because you're there. See, what happens is you begin to adore God and express your love to him and just talk about how great he is. This is hard for us in our Western culture. It's a little awkward for us sometimes. We're like, this is kind of strange. Why am I doing this? I need to get down to my request and make, take advantage of this time. But adoration is what sets the tone for your prayer. 
and also uh, shifts your perspective so that your faith begins to rise. I promise if you start praying and just go right to your request without a time of adoration, you're not going to mix, mix, mix much faith with what you're saying. But if you start out with lifting him up, if you start out with declaring his glory, you say, well, who's, who's listening? Well, God's listening and you're listening. And as you begin to declare his glory or magnify him, alter your perspective of him, begin to realize how big and how great he is every time you pray. Because you know what? You need to be reminded. You need to be reminded. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, chapter 106, 7 through 13, talked about all the things God did for Israel, but they forgot. They kept forgetting and they kept, as a result, falling into problems because they forgot how great God was. You need to start your prayer every day with remembering how great God is. God, you are all powerful. There's no sickness that can come upon my family that you don't have power over. There's no financial duress that I can come under that you can't deliver me out of. There is nothing that I can face in this world that you can't deliver me from. You are a powerful God. You start your prayer like that. Amen? And you may start out just by saying words, but before long your heart's going to get into it. As you think about what a mighty God we serve. So you start with adoration because adoration also serves as purifying the person who is praying. And getting their priorities back. Wow, wow, wow. I start talking about how great God is and how awesome the kingdom of God is and how perfect his principles are. And all of a sudden, all the things that I thought were so important and were just crowding my mind with all their importance, that they kind of slipped down to their rightful place in my priorities. Amen? And all of a sudden, my family becomes more important than my job. All of a sudden, my God becomes more important than my hobbies. And Everything gets in in line when I start adoring the Lord. And he begins to wash and cleanse and purify me. It works. The first step to prayer, the first step in the pattern of prayer is adoring and giving praise to God. And why should I adore him? Because, number one, he's worthy. Amen? He's worthy of our praise. We could spend the whole time just praising him, and he'd be worthy of it. You know, I could pray from now until my hair turns gray, and he'd still be worthy of it. It's like I haven't overdone it. You know what I'm saying? I haven't overpraised him or overgiven him glory. He's worthy. Praise the Lord. So it purges you and it prepares you to listen and to hear from God. Praise the Lord. The second step is C. And you've heard me make reference to this a couple times in my preaching over this month. The second step, C, is confession. Confession. Confession, something that you don't hear about very much. But I believe if you want prayer to help you grow spiritually, each time you pray, after you have sufficiently, well, you'll never sufficiently, but after you have given glory to God, then you begin to confess your faults, confess your sins, confess your failures to the Lord. Amen? Now, I've been guilty of this before. Anybody ever tried this one before and think this works? Okay, it's time to... I've, I've, I've asked the Lord. I've, I've given glory to Him now. second step is I need to confess. I, I need to uh, make sure I'm repentant here. So, God, if I've done anything today that uh, has offended you or broken your law, please forgive me. I don't want it on my conscience. I don't want it on my record. Please forgive me. Thank you, Lord. That feels better. See, that kind of Repentance or confession doesn't work because you haven't gotten specific 
and you haven't felt the pain of actually admitting to God, God, I blew it today because I treated somebody with disrespect or I told a little lie. And, you know, that makes me a liar. And I exaggerated it when I should have said, and I knew better than saying this, I said it anyway. Or I allowed myself to look at something that I shouldn't have. I allowed my thoughts to get out, getting specific with it every single day. And you bring them before the Lord, and, and you may be thinking, well, Brother Brown, that's just going to make me feel defeated all the time. It will not make you feel defeated. Because once you bring them to the Lord, it, it is lifted from your conscience. And then you give God an opportunity to help you with it and help you deal with it and help you improve in this area and become what God wants you to be. So confession is a powerful and important part of prayer. I hope I'm not losing you here. But I'm telling you, as a Christian that's been a Christian for many years and found myself in stagnant plateaus in my relationship with God, I have found, I have discovered, I have learned for myself that this is the key to moving forward. Anybody want to move forward? Anybody just kind of tired of where you are right now? You're ready to move forward? Hallelujah. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God and confess every day. Before you bring your request to Him, bring your confession to Him. Throw don't throw all your sins in a pile and ask God to take care of it all. But one by one, say, God, I, I want you to help me in this area. God, this very specific thing that I did today, I'm going to name it specifically and say, God, please forgive me. Amen? And after three or four days, you're going to get tired of keep, keeping bringing it before the Lord. You're going to say, okay, it's time to deal with this thing. See, our problem is we sweep it under the rug. We sweep it under the rug and just believe that God's going to overlook it. And we never grow spiritually. We never grow spiritually. And some people even slip into becoming a reprobate, which means a sinner with no hope. Who thinks they're all right, but they're not all right because they're sinning. But by bringing it out before the Lord and saying, let's lift up the carpet, God. Please, we need to, I want you to help me to deal with this. Forgive me for this. And you will see God do this. So that's C. Begin with adoration. Move on to confession. And then letter T. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. This is where it gets exciting. Thanksgiving. Where you go down the list and begin to thank God for all the things that He has done in your life. Remember the old verse that says, the Old Testament, enter into His gates with thanksgiving, enter into His courts with praise. That means you get into God's presence through praise and thanksgiving. Amen? Begin to think about all the things that God has done for you in all the ways that God has blessed you. Psalms 103.2 says, Praise God and forget not all His benefits. First uh, Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, uh, for this is the will of God. And there is a difference between feeling grateful and being thankful. Right? All ten lepers were grateful that, God, that, that Jesus delivered them, but only one was thankful. Why? What do you, what's the difference? Well, he went back and he spoke it. God knows how grateful I am. No, you need to speak it. You need to tell him every day, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for blessing me with a lovely wife. Thank you, God, for all the provisions in my life. Thank you for my job, Lord. Thank you for all the ways that you've met my needs. You know what this will do? This will take some of your depression away, and it will get your perspective right about how good that God has been to you, giving him 
thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, so you can thank God for four types of blessings. Number one, you can thank God for answered prayers. How many of you have answered, have God's answered prayer for you? And just bring it up to God all the time. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank, say, I'm not going to forget like Israel. I'm not going to be guilty like Israel and have the taste of manna on my lips and be complaining at God for something else in my life and, and, uh, and just uh, have the uh, waters of the Red Sea that were once parted behind me and forget uh, and complain against God. But I'm going to remember. I'm going to get up every morning and I'm going to thank God. Thank God. I'm going to go over the list of prayers that He's answered for me. Secondly, I'm going to thank Him for spiritual blessings. Uh, Blessings in my life that are spiritual by nature. I'm going to thank God for relational blessings. Thank you for bringing that friend into my life. Thank you for bringing that leader into life church. Thank you, Lord God, for bringing this wife, uh, this lady into my life that makes my life so enriching. Thank you for my kids, Lord God. Thank you. And then you can also thank Him for material blessings. God's blessed all of us so much. uh, And we need to be grateful and express thanksgiving to Him for all the material blessings. Giving thanksgiving to God. Hallelujah. And you can't get through this phase of thanksgiving without falling back into adoration. And you'll be thinking, you'll just be talking about how great God is. And you're like, oh, I'm supposed to be in thanksgiving. That don't matter. Amen. We're not trying to put a regimen here. Let's just thank Him and adore Him and love Him. Because the Bible says that when you have given Him thanks, then you're in a position where you can begin to ask Him for things. Philippians 4, verses 5 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Don't bring your requests without thanksgiving. You bring them together. Come on now. Don't bring me the eggs without the bacon. Bring them together. Don't bring me the requests without the thanksgiving. Bring your petitions with thanksgiving to the Lord. And when you have sufficiently given Him thanks, you can begin to ask Him for things. And then you can throw in a little bit more thanksgiving. And then you can ask Him for things. Amen? This is how you pray. This is how you get prayers answered from the Lord. If you have adored, confessed, and thanked Him, you're ready to begin to ask Him for help. And nothing is too big or too small to ask for God to help you in. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And you could say, God, I would like to see this. I am asking for this. But God, if you have a different plan, that's all right. Your will be done. But God, this is my preference. And if my heart is right with you, and if you're pleased with this request, God, I ask that you would answer this prayer in my life. And when you come to the point where you begin to bring your requests to the Lord, bring them in faith. Guess what? I'm talking about the most exciting thing that I could possibly be talking about. Some of you would be like listening to me with eyes open and ears agape if I was telling you how you could earn a million dollars. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give me the answer. Where can I invest? I need to put the... Tell me where I can buy that lottery ticket. I need the money. I need the money. But I'm telling you about how you can tap into the resources of heaven for spiritual blessings, for material blessings, for your family, for our church, for your dreams and visions in your life, through the power of prayer, becoming everything that God wants you to be. This is a resource right here. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, I, I need to be a motivational speaker. 
I need to get the motivational speaker in me to get you to understand that I am selling a product to you that is the greatest product you could ever put your hands on. All it costs is you've got to invest some time and energy and focus of your mind. I'm not asking for your money here, but I'm asking for you to invest in the kingdom of God through prayer and watch God begin to answer prayer. Watch the waters of baptism be troubled. Watch your kids be delivered from sin. Watch God begin to open doors that have been shut. And watch miracles and healings begin to happen. I'm talking about the greatest tool and the greatest weapon that the church has. And I'm excited about it, man. I'm excited about prayer. I'm excited about a church that understands the power of prayer. I'm excited about people that begin to move into prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, Brother Brown, you're too zealous. I'm not zealous enough. I heard one man's definition of a disciple. We're all to be disciples of Jesus. What's a disciple? that can quote the whole Bible? No, the, the definition of disciple, this man's definition was a spiritually mature zealot. What is zealot? Somebody who's like crazy, like a fanatic. So much zeal, it's overwhelming. And you know what? If you have a church full of disciples as defined in that definition, then you don't have to worry about outreach program. You don't have to worry about, well, what are we doing to get more people? How are we marketing the church? Forget about all that. The church is going to explode with growth if you have a church full of disciples, spiritually mature zealots, people that are intensely excited about the kingdom of God. Hey, this won't happen in any other way other than we begin to exercise the tool of prayer in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I pray for things that you can pray for when you begin to pray. Pray for ministry. Pray for the church staff. Pray for your pastor. Pray for the financial needs in the church and the kingdom of God. Pray for buildings. Pray for the church services that we're about to have. Pray for the revival that's upcoming. Pray for those that are in evangelism. Pray like Jesus did. Said, send out labors into the field. God, send out labors into the field. Move on my heart. Move on the hearts of those around. You begin to pray about ministry. A second thing that you can pray for as you begin to bring your request to the Lord is people. Begin to pray for people. You can pray for friends. You can pray for other members of the church. You can pray for lost people. You can pray for people who are sick in their body. People that have specific needs. You can pray for people. Amen. I was at uh, a couple weeks ago, we were at Stockton for the meeting. And uh, there was one point in the service where the pastor or the minister that was preaching said, Go find one person. Make a commitment with that person that you're going to pray for them for their church, for their ministry, from now on, every single day. And I was like, looking around, kind of hoping nobody would come to me, to be honest with you, because uh, I didn't know that I could follow through with that kind of commitment. But I had a brother, a pastor from up the road here, uh, from Moore Park, that came up to me, Brother Rojo, and he said, I promise you, I'm going to pray for you and your church every day. And I said, thank you, brother. And mentioned my family, too. So I said, you know what? I'm going to be praying for you, too. And so I promised him that. And so every single day, every single day, I have tried to lift him up in prayer and pray for this man. And we've joined together. I pray that God would bless his church every day. 
I pray that God would open doors. He needs a building. He's trying to service 40 people out of his living room, and he needs a building in Moore Park. I'm praying that God would open the doors, financial miracles and blessings. I'm praying that God would protect his family, his two girls. And I'm praying every day, and I know that he's praying for me. And there's power when you pray for people. Believe in the power of your prayers and say, I cannot let this day go by without lifting them up in prayer. You know what you're doing? You're expressing the fact that I have faith in God, and I have faith that he's hearing my prayers. I don't want to miss this time of prayer because it's important and it's critical. Amen. And there are those of you that are in need in your life that I pray for you every day. And there are those of you that have been faithful to the kingdom of God and you have not seen resources or finance come your way. That is coming your way. And I'm asking God to send it upon you. And it's coming your direction because I pray for people in church every day. And, and others of you are praying for one another. Another thing you can pray for is family. And I believe in praying for your marriage. Praying for your marriage, praying for your children, praying that you would be a better parent, praying that you can be a better husband. I know my wife wishes I would pray for that even more. Pray about decisions concerning the family finances and, and uh, about the education of your children and uh, the future and maybe your own education and, and uh, steps that you're going to make. Pray for your family. Pray for your family. Focus time and attention and pray for your family. Understand you've already been through adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and now you're saying, God, I'm bringing this before you, and I know you're going to answer prayer. I believe in you. I believe in your word. I believe you said if I ask, I'll receive. If I seek, I'll find. If I knock, the door will be open. Praise the Lord. This is important when you're praying. This is the last one, is praying about personal things. This is when you begin to ask God to help you with your character. When you ask God to help you become the person that He wants you to be. This is where you begin to say, Lord, I want to be more like You. I want to be more like You, Jesus. And I realize that my temper is keeping me from being more like You. Jesus, I want to be more like You, but I realize I'm not pure in my relationships, or I'm not pure in, in my conversations, or I, I, I need you to help me, God. I want to be a man of purity. I want to be a person of prayer. I want to be someone with power with God. And you can ask God for these things, and you start asking Him every day, and you're going to watch things begin to happen. Things begin to change. Things begin to transform in your life because you pray about issues and things that you're dealing with in your life. See, that's God's ultimate plan. Guess what spiritual maturity is? Spiritual maturity is being like Jesus. Plain and simple. When you get to be like Jesus, you're spiritually mature. Whatever a part of you is different from Jesus is the area that needs to be matured. And so God's plan is that you come to the full stature of Jesus Christ. You become just like him. We're not ever going to get there perfect and complete, but we're striving to be like that. And the more like Jesus you get, the more he can use you, the more he can trust you, the more he can empower you, the more, amen, praise God, the more he can answer your prayer, open doors for you, and entrust you with anointing and ministry and influence and the gifts of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. There are people in this room that God wants to gift you to lay hands on the sick so that they will recover. But that's not going to happen, amen, just because you hear Brother Stone King preach six times. It's going to happen. Because you pray and ask God to help you to become pure, to become something that's a vessel of honor, something in His hands that you can use. Praise God. And there is power in prayer for, to, let, to allow God to come in and begin to work on you, begin to perfect you. 
begin to empower you. Say, God, I want your anointing in my life. God, I want you to use me. God, I feel in my spirit that there's some things you want to do in my life. And God will begin to tell you. God will begin to direct your steps. Amen? Said, I can't use you in that area until you deal with this attitude. I can't bless your finances until you get straight with me and quit trying to cheat me. You see, this doesn't, I could teach and preach all day long, and you're not going to get it, but if you open up to God, and if you talk to God about it, and say, God, I want to go to that next step, work on me, then God can begin to open the doors and deal with you and adjust some things and change you so that God can begin. I'm telling you, this is the secret to spiritual growth. This is the secret for some of you that are stuck and you're tired of the position you're in and you're tired of falling back into the mud puddle over and over and over and over again. I'm telling you, make a discipline of prayer in your life. Make a daily discipline of prayer in your life. Praise God. And see God begin to change you. So acts. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Supplication, bringing the requests. Bringing our requests before the Lord. See, many of us, and I'm, I'm closing here. Many of us started out our Christian walk with God. And we like prayed all the time. Some new converts that they just think it's awesome to think that the God of the universe wants to hear from them. And he answers their prayer. And it's like they can't wait to pray. They're praying on their way to work. They're praying at dinner time. They're praying before they go to bed. They're praying when they get up in the morning. But something happens sometimes with us as Christians, and it, we just kind of fall off in our prayer. We just kind of lose the intensity, and we lose the fire. And then we, it's like a drudgery. We don't want to do it. It's so very dry. And, uh, uh, and uh, uh, we, we just uh, um, we struggle with it. And the deal is what happens is we forget the power of God. We forget the power of prayer. We forget how God wants to use us in this way. So the only answer that I know of is you've got to write it in your skin and do it. Do it when it gets dry. And, and ask God to bring freshness. But it, I, I feel like that if you'll follow this pattern that I've given to you, it'll keep some freshness in your prayer. If you'll follow the Acts pattern, it'll keep freshness in your prayer. But you keep it in your calendar. You keep it into your daily schedule and say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do This is important enough that I am just going to do it. I'm going to write it in. And I'm not going to let guilt or shame if I stumble, if I fall. See, as you start making steps toward God, you'll, you'll stumble. Mm-hmm. You'll stumble because the devil finds a little vulnerable moment. It's like, boom! And he's like, see, that, that'll that take them away from the place of prayer. Because when you fail and, and you sin and you feel guilty and you don't want to really be open with God, you're still going to come to church. You're still going to you know, go through the motions. But that richness in prayer is not there. Just keep pushing. Keep doing it. Put it back in the devil's face. Come on, put it back in the devil's face and say, you messed with me last night. I made a mistake. I feel bad about it. I'm bringing it before God. I'm asking him to forgive me. But, devil, you're not getting the victory on this. You're not stealing my prayer. You're not stealing my focus. You're not stealing my commitment. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep going. And the power and the key to spiritual growth is start with five minutes a day, maybe ten minutes a day, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. But say, I'm not going to bed tonight until I pray. First thing I do when I get up, I'm going to pray. 
I'm not going to let guilt, condemnation, or any of these things keep me from praying. Hallelujah. And God's going to use us. Stand together. God bless you. Thank you for being so attentive. I know many of you have worked hard today and put in a long day. But I pray that the Word of God tonight will give you inspiration and focus, amen, and fire in your spirit. Because if Life Church becomes a praying church, we will never be able to build buildings fast enough to house the revival that God's going to send to us. If Life Church becomes a praying church, we will never be able to build buildings fast enough to keep up with the revival that God's sending to our church in this area, to every ethnic group, every language group. This is what God's plan is for this church. He wants some people with antennas, spiritual antennas that are crying out to Him, lifting up their voice to Him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's pray together right now just for a moment before we leave. Jesus, I pray over this congregation, over this group, Lord. Many people, Lord Jesus, who would love to see you begin to do a great work in their lives. People, Lord, that you have spoken words of prophecy into their spirit. Prophetic words about how you were going to use them. About how they were going to be a soul winner. About how anointing was going to flow through their life. I'm talking, Lord Jesus, and we're praying over some people that have been Christians for a while. Some of them have given up those dreams. Some of them have given up the vision that you put in their spirit. Uh, Hallelujah. And they become frustrated. Oh, God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would inspire them. Inspire their faith to believe that, God, you didn't reject them. You're still waiting on them. You're still waiting on them. The prophecy is still there. The plan is still in place. The deal is still on. You're just waiting on them to build that relationship with you, to become empowered through prayer, to become everything that they want you to be. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't have to release it, but I speak it again into the atmosphere. A release of the giftings, Lord God, the spiritual giftings that you have promised. Hallelujah, the spiritual giftings that you began in people's lives. The anointing, Lord God, the giftedness to be a soul winner. Hallelujah, the loosing of the tongue to minister in the name of Jesus. I release it, Lord God. Let us understand that the release of this ethereal, this uh, uh, a supernatural thing is done through the power of disciplining ourselves uh, to keep a relationship with you alive. I thank you for it. Uh, I praise you for it. Uh, I give you glory, Lord. Let us leave this place with a new resolve and a fresh focus, Lord Jesus, uh, to find time, Lord God, to spend with you in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. It's non-negotiable. It's the most important thing. It's the key to my spiritual growth. It's the key to me becoming everything Jesus wants me to be. Praise God. Hallelujah. Clap your hands in thanksgiving to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sorry about going long. God bless you. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. God be with you. Greet our guests. It's nice to see everybody. God bless.